I'm Joe Bates, and welcome to Joe Bates Explains It All. Incredibly, we're at episode 5 of the series already. I'm sure you've learned a lot so far, and it's probably fair to say you're an entirely different person because of the guides, and I've also changed a lot during this time as well. I look back at the me from three weeks ago, and I was incredibly naive in so many ways. I thought things were going to be quite positive in the world, that Donald Trump would give us a few months to enjoy life before rolling out his plans for the apocalypse, that Middlesbrough Football Club would buy the creative attacking midfielder they need to stay in the Premier League, and crucially for this series, I thought I'd pretty much given you everything you need in the first two episodes to find love and to keep it. The initial feedback that I received suggested this was the case, with all the invites to people's weddings to walk them down the aisle, and those who conceived shortly after hearing the guides asking for permission to call their baby, Joe Bates, dispensing with their own surname in tribute to me. It was all very flattering, and in many ways I've never felt more powerful. But then I started getting negative feedback. Around 75% of all relationships that developed out of those guides have already fallen apart, and I was blamed because I'd forgotten to give any advice whatsoever to help sustain the relationships. I was seen as responsible for their breakup, and people demanded in angry, foul-mouthed emails and graffiti around town that I create a guide to help them deal with the breakup they were going through. Initially, I thought, no chance. I need to stick to my timetable, and week five was always going to be a guide to basic clothing repair. Also, it was hard to imagine being able to give advice to heartbroken losers when I myself am in a happy relationship with a pop star Adele. But then I remembered that in the research I did for the first two guides to love, I'd been in thousands of relationships and been dumped by hundreds of people, so I actually had a lot of good advice to share on the subject. So you'll have to wait for another series of Joe Bates Explains It All to learn how to darn your socks and sew buttons, because this week is part three in my guide to modern love, and it's all about breakups. We'll be covering how to stop breakups from happening, what to do when they happen, and also we'll be auctioning off a mix CD of the best breakup songs for the Resonance FM fundraiser. To begin with though, just so you can take my advice seriously, I'm going to share a painful memory of a breakup that I went through not so long ago. Part 1 Why I, Joe Bates, can relate to dumb people, and why I decided to make this guide to breakups. As part of having an open mind about all dating possibilities, I went to a polyamorous speed dating event called A Bigger Me in South East London. Polyamory, which is being in a relationship which involves more than two people, has always intrigued me. After all, who am I to say whether monogamy is something inherent in human nature? And also I thought being in a polyamorous relationship would be a great way of saving money on taxi fares and you'd always have enough people around you to order the more elaborate deals from Chinese takeaways. But when I went to that speed dating event, I wasn't expecting anything, certainly not love. But by the end of the night, I had entered into a relationship with four brilliant people. It all happened so quickly. Within the first two months, we'd already put a deposit down on our first house, which actually wasn't that difficult when we put our money together. By the six month mark, I'd agreed to stop going on dates with other people altogether, even though the guide to dating was my passion project, 
and we're still thousands of hours away from being completed. As you can imagine with people who pursued something untraditional like polyamory, the household was a very left-field, bohemian one, and a living situation felt a lot like living in the best type of squat, one where you can't be evicted because you own the property. We were also happy with the situation. We would prepare amazing big meals together, and the washing up was a piece of piss compared to what it would have been in a two-person relationship. We would make our own entertainment, jamming into the night making trippy music which seemed to go on forever. However, no matter how many psychedelic drugs we took, the music still sounded awful. So we stopped and began getting our entertainment from other sources. This, unfortunately, was the start of my downfall. The others in the relationship were all experienced polyamorous and lived the lifestyle much more than me. Whilst they were running community yoga classes and inviting people around for massive orgies, I was still streaming championship matches illegally on my laptop and watching terrible TV shows, then walking around the house complaining about them. They tolerated this kind of behaviour for a while, but the final straw was when they came home one evening and caught me in bed, alone, watching Great British Railway Journeys with Michael Portillo. According to them, this behaviour was everything they stood against and they couldn't take it anymore. The sound of four people shouting get out in unison was something that will stay with me for a long time. And whilst the process of them throwing my clothes out the window was mercifully short because they all helped out, it was still one of the worst days of my life. But you might ask, why did I go on about that for so long? After all, I'm pretty much over it. I've been on many dates since then, and now I'm in a stable relationship with a pop star Adele, who, as you can hear in the background, is currently laying down a bass track for a song on her new album. Well, the reason for going into that is because I wanted to show the people going through breakups that I've been there, I understand, and that is what this final part of my guide is about. The guide is different to the other two, because there's no guaranteed advice I can give to stop a breakup from happening. I do attempt to give some at the very beginning, but by my own high standards, it's rubbish. Instead, the majority of the show is devoted to helping you prepare for what will happen when you're inevitably broken up with, and some ideas on how you can cope with it. But before we get started, I'm going to play this sad song by Broadcast to get you in the mood, and afterwards we'll go straight into part 2.1, which is all about the tactics you can use to stop yourself being dumped. Part 2.1 Ways to make your partner not dump you A. By choosing a partner unlikely to ever break up with you you can start the process of protecting yourself from being dumped before you've even started going out with someone. On a date, if it's clear that the person is lethargic and unproactive, for instance if they've been in the same job that they hate for many years but have no plans to change because of either laziness or fear, then this person is a good bet for a long-term relationship. You can confirm this when you enter their property by completing a short survey around their choice of household essentials. Pick up a tube of toothpaste, for instance, and ask them how long they've used this brand. If the answer is, a very long time, quiz them further about why this is. If their answer is something like, 
they have such a loyalty to a brand that they would never leave it once they've made a commitment to it, or they would feel guilty about choosing a different brand because they don't know how their current brand would cope. Or they feel like it's too late in life to simply shop around for a new brand at this point, then it's a great chance that this reflects their attitude to relationships. And as soon as you put the toothpaste down, you should probably propose to them. B. Improving yourself physically and financially or by copying off other people. If you do end up staying with a partner who is proactive enough to break up with you if things start to go wrong, and they start to look at you with an ominously thoughtful expression as if they are thinking of doing this, then you need to quickly get working on making improvements to yourself in order to stop this from happening. Quick wins are things like getting an expensive new haircut or looking online for funny jokes to tell them. If you feel you've got a little bit more time, try to get promoted at work or develop your body using exercise, making it look different to your old body which they will have negative associations with. The situation is a bit different if there's actually another person in the picture who your partner has a crush on, but if they haven't already revealed their feelings to them, there's still a lot of things you can do. Once you've identified the person and managed to come across their contact details, ask them if you can shadow them for a couple of weeks like sometimes happens in the workplace. Don't say that you're doing it so you can learn how to make your partner like you again. Just say you like the cool way they operate and want to learn from them. They'll be flattered that you're taking an interest and in two weeks you'll learn to emulate the way they walk, talk and go about their everyday business. When you're finished shadowing them, you'll be the exact person your partner wants and it would be crazy for them to leave you. C. Trying to get legal help. Probably your first thought upon hearing your partner imply that they are dumping you will be, can I stop this happening through the legal system? Well, the short answer is no, unless you're married, in which case the answer is still probably no, but the extra bureaucracy and work involved in getting a divorce could mean your partner just can't be bothered with it, even if it's the right decision for them. You'll have no such luck if you're not married though. In the past, you had the right to appeal when you were dumped, because there was a tribunal system in place which would mean you could take your partner to a local court when you didn't agree with their decision. The panel would often rule on the side of the dumped person too, because the person doing the dumping would say vague things like, I just think it's run its course, or I just want new things, which would work in real life, but are not substantial enough for a legal panel. And also the person being dumped would normally be crying throughout the entire trial, which would get the panel sympathy. However, after the Tories got in, this tribunal system was cut straight away, which they said was to save money, but was actually part of their wider assault on human love and happiness. So now there are no legal options available to you, and if you do try to use the legal system against your partner, you'll just be like the Gina Miller to their House of Commons. Sure, you'll have some early encouragement, but in the end, you're just delaying the inevitable because the terrible decision has already been made and trying to change it through the courts will only lead to frustration and possibly to you receiving online abuse and death threats. If you've reached this point of the show, it means that you've run out of options and have been dumbed. Sorry about that, but I did all I could, and now I can help you in a different way, by suggesting some of the ways to cope with a breakup. A. Focus on the negatives. One thing that can make breakups painful is that you remember all the good things that the other person did for you and that they won't do any more because they've run off. 
Even a person who you found annoying or boring at times will seem to you like the perfect combination of David Attenborough, Michelle Obama and Jesus as soon as they leave. But to get over a breakup, you need to focus on the negatives about them. Most people are awful, so it won't be too hard to find negatives you can focus on. But even if your ex was one of the good ones, you can make a negative out of anything. You can convince yourself your ex made light of the struggles of the homeless by having a flat. You can convince yourself that they were a racist because they rarely ate jerk chicken. And if they supported Labour under Tony Blair, you can tell yourself it was because they hated the idea of peace in the Middle East. Suddenly, your perfect ex isn't looking so good after all, and you'll feel relieved that this warmongering bigot has stopped darkening your doors. B. Win the battle amongst friends and family. In the past, following a breakup, the man would return to his group of man friends and the woman would return to her woman friends. As these groups didn't mix, you could return to your respective group and complain about the other person without any fear of reprisal. But since the 60s, men and women have fraternised as friends and now it's very likely you and your ex will still run in the same social groups following the breakup. So when you start complaining about having a broken heart, they are forced to remain neutral and say no comment. And there's also the risk that you'll cross paths with your former partner at social events. You may even end up looking up after a tearful and drunken rant about how much you miss them to find out the person you've been ranting to has been your ex all along and they've been laughing the whole time. You'll shake your fist at them as they run away giggling and from that point on you'll decide only to go out on your own or with complete strangers. But no, you've got to win this battle amongst friends so they decide to choose you instead of your ex. In your ultimately unsuccessful attempt to keep your partner, you should have already got quite a good job and an impressive physique, so you'll have these things going for you, and you should remind your friends of these things and possibly contrast them to your ex, who might not be in as good of a shape as you because they were not making the effort to keep the relationship going. You should also be learning the guitar during this time, in order to complete the stripped back and downbeat breakup album that all dumb people are required to release. And whilst this album will be a lot of hard work, friends will appreciate your guitar playing at social occasions, and you should put in little asides in the songs about how your ex can't even do bar chords. But these things may not be enough to keep these friends to yourself, so you're going to have to get more cynical. Identify the poorer members of your friendship group and hang around them until they need you to loan them money or buy them drinks. Once this happens regularly enough, you'll be able to use this against them and say you're going to call in the loan unless they take your side in the breakup and only hang around with you from now on. If you have enough money, you can capture all of your former friendship group in this way because everyone has a price. But even if you can only get one or two drifters in the group, that's all you really need. Although you should try to get over the breakup as quickly as possible, otherwise the whole thing could get very expensive. C. Tips from the listeners. It's time to open this next part up to you, the listeners, with some of your problems and suggestions relating to breakups. 
If you're thinking this part is a bit of a cop-out because it's meant to be Joe Bates explaining it all, rather than the audience members, well, as you'll be able to tell by all the generic names here, all these people are completely made up. I'm just using them to give the illusion of audience interaction. So firstly, we've got Robert Jones, who talks about how running helped him get through a breakup. My ex broke my heart, he writes, but she left my pituitary gland intact, and when I began to run, it released the endorphins I needed to make me feel everything was okay, even though objectively it clearly wasn't. Robert also adds that running is great when you're in the non-stop crying phase, because people will just think that you're sweating, especially if you keep on saying, it's sweat, I'm sweating, to people you pass. Cheers for that Robert, but for those of you not into running, you could try long walks, and if you've been crying and people are staring, just cheerfully tell them that you've walked from somewhere where it was raining. There's some more advice coming here from Sarah Smith, who says the way she got over a breakup was to try everything to see things through her ex's eyes and truly understand why they did it. She started a new relationship, and just when the other person was clearly smitten and committed to her, she brutally broke it off with no explanation. When she experienced the raw and visceral thrill of dumping someone in this way, she could understand what drew her ex to it, and she was able to move on in her life. Thanks for that, Sarah. And lastly, an email from Matthew Smith-Jones recommending getting a hobby or joining a social group to take your mind off the breakup. In his case, he joined a book group, and the sociability and warmth that he found discussing books with new people really helped him. He says that by attending the book group every second Tuesday of the month, and by following a program of heavy and sustained drug and alcohol use every other day, in time he began to stop thinking about his ex at all, and he read some cracking novels in the process. So thanks Matthew, and thanks for all those great tips guys. I hope this breakup special has helped you, but I know you may still be thinking that I can't really relate to people who've been dumped because of the successful relationship I'm currently in. Well, I'm actually sad to say, in one of the musical interludes today, I actually got dumped following an argument with Adele. She's very sensitive about her age, and often pretends she's younger than she is. It's not something that bothers me, but when she just told me that she was going to call her third album 25, just like her last one, I said people would probably be able to work out that's not how old she is. She ran off in a massive strop, and now I think I'm single again. So that's it for my relationship. I've given you nearly all you need to get through a breakup. And after my own breakup to Adele a few minutes ago, I just want to go home and cry. But I'm not allowed to because the Resonance FM fundraiser is currently taking place. And I've been asked to either raise some money for the cause or not to bother coming in for my final episode next week. As you will know if you're a regular listener to it, Resonance is a brilliant and unique station and I would definitely encourage people to go to fundraiser.resonance.fm to support them during this time. For my own part, I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm helping Resonance and helping you get over your breakup by auctioning off a mix CD to help you cope with being dumped. It's a collection of all the best breakup songs ever, which would be worth the price alone. But what's more, all of the tracks contain extensive commentary by me over the top of them 
to make sure you don't get too glum when you're listening to them. Here's some clips. Contrary to what he sings in this song, it didn't actually take George Michael long at all after the breakup to start dancing again. Wham released Freedom later on in the year, and he's dancing like crazy in that video. So don't just think just because you've been through this horrible breakup, you won't be able to dance again. Because you're going to be able to make a full recovery like George, and you'll be releasing songs called things like Fast Love and collaborating with Mary J. Blige in no time. Of course, George did tragically die at the end of last year, but there's no suggestion that his death had anything to do with the lingering effects of the breakup that he sings about in this song. So don't worry about that. Just put negative thoughts out of your mind and enjoy the song. The sax solo is coming up in a bit, so maybe pretend to play along a bit to take your mind off how bad you feel. Yes, this is a tragic song and video by Sinead O'Connor. By all means, wallow in it for a while, but remember again, just because it sounds sad doesn't mean that the people involved didn't make a full recovery. Both Sinead O'Connor and the writer of this song, Prince, had extremely successful love lives after this song was released. Each of them got married loads of times and Sinead O'Connor also apparently embarked on a lesbian relationship at one point. There's no reason why you can't do that as well, too, now that you're out of that godforsaken relationship. Obviously, you don't want to follow their examples completely because Sinead O'Connor has went through multiple mental breakdowns and Prince is now dead. But again, no medical professional or coroner linked these things to them having went through a sad breakup. So stay positive. Okay, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Jimmy Ruffin is dead as well. And actually, in this case, we can't be sure that it wasn't from a broken heart because I couldn't find any details about it on the internet. But it's really unlikely that that was the case. And even if it was, it doesn't mean that you have to follow the same path. I think the question in this song is meant to be rhetorical, but you can ignore that and provide your own answers. What becomes of the broken hearted? Well, they find a new cobby like carpentry or smoking that helps take their mind off things. They go to the coast and uh, look wistfully out to sea for as long as it takes for them to get over their ex. Uh, they bide their time until the memory of their partner fades because of the natural deterioration of the brain's medial lobe. These are all positive options available to you. So there you go. I'm putting that CD up for auction for the Resonance fundraiser. I'm not sure it's actually legal for me to sell licensed music in that way, so we'll need to be quite discreet. I can meet the highest bidders somewhere in southeast London, and we'll do a swap. Then I'll donate after the money goes into my account. But to go back to this guide, I know that you're still feeling sad because of the breakup, but I'm also confident that this guide has given everything you need to get over it, so you'll soon be ready to listen to episodes one and two of this series on Resonance's Mixcloud, to find out again how to find a new partner. Unlike this week, 
next week's episode of Joe Bates Explains It All is going to be an upbeat and light-hearted one because I'm going to be explaining modern politics to you. So I look forward to seeing you again for that. Thanks for listening today.